Ladies and gentlemen. Ali, a sneaky right hand. Another sneaky right hand. This time he works over the shoulder of Foreman. Wednesday, we continue on. We got boxing coming back to Vegas. Oh, yes, it feels so good to have the sweet science uh, back after a little bit of a hiatus. All right, we're going to talk NBA play in the tournament. I still can't get used to that, but I am interested in seeing the Lakers and the Warriors tonight. Steph Curry, LeBron James. Oh, yeah, we'll talk to Nick Bogdanovich, the William Hill Sportsbook director, coming up a little bit uh, later on. Yes. Timothy Bradley. Let's see. I think one, two, three, four, five-time champ. I might be shorting him a belt or two. You never know. ESPN boxing analyst, my guy. What is going on, Tim Bradley? What's going on? <laughs> Good to hear from you, brother. Man, likewise, man. Glad to be back on the show, man. I'm hyped up about this one, though, man. This Woo! is great. Is this great for the sport of boxing. See, I'm not, see, Tim bringing it. He's bringing it strong. He's, he's enthusiastic. He's upbeat. Man. I love it, as always. Jose Ramirez and Josh Taylor. Now, if people are not really familiar with these guys, uh, this is a junior welterweight title bout. There are four title belts on the line. Yep. Each one of these guys has two title belts in the junior welterweight, super lightweight division, call it what you want, I guess. But uh, it's going down Saturday night. ESPN will have the broadcast, and our man will be on the call, Tim Bradley. Uh, what do we expect to see in this one, man? Come on, man. Have you ever heard of fireworks in, in, in the month of May? Uh, no. We'll if you've heard of, we heard of the July fireworks, it's going to be fireworks, my man. That's what it's going to be. You know, yes, it's going to Let me tell you why. Because what's at stake? You said it, the four belts, okay? Both these men are undefeated, so somebody's O has got to go. You got my man Scottish Josh Taylor. He's a Scottish fighter from, of course, England. He he feels that he has everything that he needs to be able to beat Jose Ramirez, who's one of my guys. Honestly, I, I've known him personally. I've, I've helped him. He's an activist, you know, active in his community. Uh, up in Fresno, 
Um, he's done a lot for, you know, uh, the people, the farmers out there in Fresno. So I've been up there supporting him. Uh, and, you know, he's a hungry, hungry fighter, man. He's a guy that many feels that he shouldn't be undefeated at the moment, but he is. He's a guy that brings the pressure all night long. He's in your face. He's not a runner. He's not a dancer. He's a guy that likes to fight. And people like to tune in and watch fights, don't they? Well, this Saturday night, you're going to see a real fight. And I'm calling this right now, I'm calling this fight of the year. This Ooh. is a fight. This is going to be a fight of the year. I'm calling it right now. Both these guys' temperaments, both these guys like to seek and destroy, even though Taylor is more of a boxer uh, in a sense, but he likes to bang. He's an adrenaline junkie. He loves to bang, and he loves to fight in the inside as well. So it's going to be a great matchup this, this Saturday. And, and both of these guys really like to bring it to. They're both busy fighters, and like you said, they both have knockout uh, power. I mean, you know, you know yeah. ta- and, and Taylor's knockout percentage isn't really that great, but again, both these guys are very, very skilled as well. Mm-hmm. And, and like I said, for the casual boxing fan or maybe the novice boxing fan, they might not be familiar with these guys, but again, <laughs> these are the great fights. And Again, not saying this because you know you work with Top Rank and ESPN. And Bob Arum's a friend and that sort of thing, but it's just these are the type of fights that we're kind of accustomed to seeing with Top Rank. These type of bouts, and we saw you know a couple of them last year, even during the pan- the pandemic. You know, one of them you yeah. know with with, with Lomachenko, and uh, you know hopefully we'll see him back. But with Ramirez and Taylor, you're right, Tim. It is it is must see uh, television viewing come Saturday night. Yes, it is must-see uh, television, as you said. And, you know, the, one of the models now at Top Rank is is we want great fights. That's what they want. They want to put on great fights. And, you know, being a part of ESPN and being part of the broadcast and things like that, we love to see – I love to see great fights as well. This is one of them. You know, we, we the boxing fans, we always complain about, like, who's the champion in the sport? There's too many belts. There's too many of this. Well, you have the number one and the number two fighter or number one and number one because both these guys feel that they're the best going head-to-head. You're having the best fight the best, and when you have that in the sport of boxing, there's nothing greater than that. So I'm, I'm just glad to be a part of this this uh, special this special night. I think that both these guys are trying to make history. Uh, I believe uh, Taylor's trying to be the second Scottish to ever unify all the titles, and uh, Josh Taylor is – I mean, excuse me, and uh, Ramirez is trying to be the first Mexican to ever unify all the titles at – like 140 pounds. So um, a lot at stake for these men. All right. He is Timothy Bradley, the former champ, does a fantastic job on the ESPN broadcast, top-ranked boxing, T.C. Martin, along with Frank Harnish. How much more exciting does it make it the fact that you're going to a place that was iconic here in Vegas as a hard rock. Now it flips over. It's the Virgin, so there's a lot of excitement about that. It's not one of the big, gigantic venues or something, but it's a nice, intimate venue, and you're going to be in front of live fans again. So so there's a lot of first here and a lot of excitement, and, and just the excitement of getting in front of live people again has to be pretty good here in Vegas. Yeah, you know, I, we, we traveled out. I went out to Florida uh about a couple of weeks ago, and they had fans in the venue. Um, and it wasn't a big, huge venue. Um, it was probably about 3,000 fans or so, maybe a little bit more, and it was loud. It was it was extremely loud. People are just happy to get out and, and feel somewhat normal again. And the fact that it's 
this particular fight in a small venue, probably about 3,000, maybe 4,000 people in the venue. Like you said, it, it's cozy. It, it, it's going to feel really special. It's going to be loud inside that building. A lot of fans are probably coming from England. A lot of fans are going to be coming from Fresno area in California for uh, Jose Ramirez. So it's just going to be a special event. And I think the fans at home and people that are going to be watching at home, uh, once you hear the backstory on these two guys, I think that that will probably grab you even more. Um, you know, interesting. My, my man Mark Priegel has put together the backstory. And, um, you know, so tune in and just watch what he has delivered to you guys, and you will fall in love with both these guys once you hear their stories. Yeah, no doubt about it. All right, Tim, we talk about competitive fights, and obviously Top Rank has a great stable of fighters at at all weight classes. And then we go to the opposite end of the spectrum. We go to the ugly side where we're seeing these ridiculous money grabs Floyd Mayweather Jr. is back at it, you know, fighting one of the the Paul brothers, Logan Paul. Logan Paul, and this is going to be in Miami in front of a lot of fans. When you see this, and we've already seen a couple of these, but now when you see Tim, arguably the greatest fighter, uh, and I, I'm not going to say Floyd is number one for me, but still 50 and 0, arguably one of the greatest of all time, one of, one may, of maybe the greatest defensive fighter right, ever, and, and one of your contemporaries. When, you know, in your era, and you see him succumbing to this, how does that make you feel? Uh, you know, it's it's mixed feelings. It, it truly is. Um, honestly, right out the gate, I don't like it. You know, and here's why. The reason why I don't like it, it's because you have athletes and fighters that have been training since they were little boys or little girls coming up to try to be the best, going through the amateur system, you know, trying to become an Olympian and then transferring into the pros and working their way up through the ranks to become champion, okay? And you really don't make really life-changing money until until you become champion and you defend that title over and over and over and you continue to win and then you become a million-dollar fighter and then so on and so forth. So when you have a YouTuber, I understand that he's built his his – whatever uh subscriptions or whatever i mean and he comes in into the sport of boxing with he's owing one and then he shares the ring with a legend like floyd mayweather where i was actually in mayweather's weight class that bothers me man mm-hmm. that bothers me you know these guys are coming in they found a niche in the sport uh, if they were to go to football, they would never make it. Basketball would never make it. No one allowed them. The commissions would never allow them to even come into the sport because they don't have the goods. But the fact that it's boxing, the fact that all you need is a, uh, maybe an amateur fight or so, you know, uh, a license, uh, pay a fee, get tested, get an eye exam, and now you're considered a professional, I have a problem with that, man. And I think that the sport of boxing needs to change that so this stuff like this doesn't happen. So um, I think it takes the sport a little bit. I think the fighters that are actually working hard and trying to become champions, I think they suffer a little bit. Uh, and I think the good thing about this is that any fighter that's on that card, they're going to get paid. Just put it that way. They're going to get paid. So I'm happy for anybody that can be a part of that card that is a fighter and he's getting paid. I'm happy for him. But uh all, all in all, I, I really don't like it. You know, just to your point, I mean, years and years ago, and we know how the Nevada State Athletic Commission, you've been involved with it yourself, they would never schedule anything that they deemed was going to be a, a one-sided fight or a joke 
uh, and they right. had problems, you know, labeling things as exhibitions. And there was always this thing. It was like, okay, well, we're not going to sanction this fight. That is just pretty much out the door and out the window yeah. now. And, of course, you never see anything like that, this thing that's going to take place in Miami with Mayweather and Paul in the state of Nevada. But I never thought that we would, you know, see these things. Call them exhibitions still, what you want, but there's no way an athletic uh, sanctioning body can get behind this. And that's what really bothers me. And, again, as a, as yeah. a purist uh, of, of the sport, and, again, you know, a former boxer yourself, you know, for – you to see the treatment of this in your sport. It just, I, ne- I really never thought we would see this, Tim. I never would. Well, I could just tell you this, it, 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 the commissions and, you know, Floyd Mayweather, his name is money. I mean, that's what they value. They value money, uh, not the integrity of the sport. So that's just what it is. Honestly, this is just a money grab. Like you said, um, anytime Floyd Mayweather, uh, one of the biggest cash cows of all time. Anytime he steps foot in the ring, I don't care if it's an exhibition. I don't care if it's just a sparring session. If there's eyes that going to tune in and watch this man, you know, um, and that's just what it is. Um, and, you know, not only that, but, like, you got to understand that if the fight's going to be in Florida, you know that thing's going to be sold out because it's Floyd Mayweather. <laughs> you know that the hotels are going to be sold out. You know that everybody's going to be traveling in from celebrities on to see this event, this special event. And so, I mean, it does something for the economy, I guess. But, I mean, ultimately, at the end of the day, it's the value. This is what your values are. It's money. And most of the exceeds commissions nowadays, that's what they want. They're after the money. That's it. You know, it's kind of funny, too, because in boxing, a lot of time, if you have two undefeated fighters, the theme is somebody's O has got to go. Maybe the theme of this one should be no O is going to go because Paul isn't (laughs) winning, Floyd's not losing the fight. I also find it kind of almost comical that Conor McGregor is one of the people ripping this fight now. You had a joke fight with Floyd Mayweather. Yeah, you were a fighter, but you're not a boxer. So are you ripping it because it's a joke to boxing, or are you ripping it because somebody else is now cashing in like (laughs) you did before? I think it, I think it's mixed feelings. I think I think you're right both ways on that because uh, I think he is probably hating because it's not him in the ring. But he did he did the same exact thing. Uh, but the, I think the biggest difference between Conor McGregor and Logan Paul is is that Conor McGregor was a fearsome fighter in MMA. Uh, he did have some he good boxing background. He did train. Uh, he did relatively well in the fight actually uh you know whatever floyd allowed him to do for the first three rounds for the first three rounds it seemed like floyd let him get a little competitive and make it look good and and if it was jake paul at least you could say he's undefeated he's fighting the paul brother that hasn't won (sighs) he hasn't won anything and he did steal his hat (laughs) (laughs) that's the story right so that i mean that adds a little bit more to uh to to the fight as well Uh, i told my wife i said these these logan paul guys are just geniuses i said they are truly you got to give them credit they're they're just smart uh they found a niche in the in a professional business you know on espn they're talking about this fight more than than the ramirez taylor fight um unfortunately but uh it's just it's just what it is right now man anything that's newsy anything that's different of course is going to get a lot of airtime. now you mentioned the fact that he stole his hat and that they're geniuses. If they're really geniuses, Logan Paul will enter the ring waving the hat, and they'll be yelling to the two men without hats playing the song in the background. <laughs> the safety dance? We're going to hear the, the safety, safety dance. dance. That's not even a good old school song. Give me a break. 
<laughs> you know, I told my wife, I said, guess what? And she said, what? What do you think? I said, this is what's going to happen. Little brother, little brother, or big brother's going to get his butt kicked. All right? Floyd's going to kick his butt. And then uh, little, what, big brother? No, little brother. So the little brother, the oldest brother is the, the, the short, the smaller one. The younger brother is the bigger one. So younger brother is going to say, I want to fight you next. And then Floyd's going to fight him next in some sort of an exhibition or a real boxing match. You're going so, wrestling on us now. So he's going to come and he's going to charge the ring. There we go. Disqualification over the top rope. And then the, and, tr- and and then then the trilogy will be the handicap match where both brothers take him on in a tag team. There you go. Exactly. That's it. <laughs> Yeah, and then Floyd might yeah, reach I out mean, to, to Tim and say, okay, we're going to have a tag team, just like we had in WrestleMania 1 with Roddy Roddy Piper but, and Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff against Mr. T and Hulk Hogan. Okay, brother, that's what we're doing now. But the referee's not going to hear the tag because it's with a glove instead of the slap of the hand. Good point. <laughs> what, this is insane in the memory. All right, oh Tim. My Tim, let's yes. let's talk about Tyson Fury real quick. I, I know that okay. Bo- I know that Bob doesn't want to talk about it, so I get to talk about it with you right now. Okay. Okay. Um, he's you know he's scheduled to fight Anthony Joshua August the fourteenth in Saudi Arabia. Deontay Wilder has resurfaced again. I thought that he he went away and was saying okay he didn't want to fight Tyson Fury. Now he wants that third fight. We're still not sure if that contract is valid or not. An arbitrator has come in and ruled that, I guess, that uh, Wilder is entitled to a third fight with Tyson Fury. Uh, But now we get the breaking news that Wilder says, I'll step away for $20 million. Uh, Help help us out here, Tim. What's the latest? You know, to be honest with you, I I don't have the latest uh, at all. I think you guys got more information than I do. Um, You know, typically in situations like this, I go to my man, Mark Kriegel. He has all the news. If Mark Kriegel... Honestly, if Mark Kriegel hasn't spoken yet, then, you know, something's brewing. Um, But as far as hearing that, you know, uh, Wilder coming out, you know, resurfacing and saying, hey, I need my third fight. And then, you know, he went through the arbitration, whatever whatever they they did, the process they went through, you know. Obviously, he heard about that hundred and fifty or hundred and sixty million dollars that these both these guys are supposed to be splitting. That obviously he heard about that, and he wants a piece of that because they were supposed to have that third fight, and for whatever reason, it didn't happen. So you know, Wilder right now is saying, "I'll step aside twenty million dollars, absolutely." And I've heard the last time I've heard that it was supposed to be he's supposed to fight Tyson Fury in September, no later in September. So me knowing Bob Arum, me knowing uh, Tyson Fury. Uh, not, not, well, I would say I know Bob Barron pretty well. I don't think, I don't think, I don't think they're going to pay. I don't think they're going to pay him step aside money. Honestly, I think they're going to fight Deontay Wilder for the third time. I think that's going to happen because no free money here. Sorry. It's not going that way, going down that way. And then uh, we'll see the big fight, Joshua uh, versus Tyson Fury later this year. So. I think I think well, he think he's going to fight Wilder. Man. Well, I'm going to put it out there right now. I will not fight anybody for twenty million dollars. Yeah. <laughs> Any name that doesn't step in the room with me and they give me twenty million for, I'm down. You're down for that exactly. So yeah, so me too. They've gone they've gone to the Twitter uh, war here. So Anthony Joshua comes out and says, if there was an arbitration going on, he's speaking to Tyson Fury. Why announce to the world we are fighting? The fight was signed, undisputed, bare knuckle. You're a good kid. Don't play. So Fury comes back with this response, and I'm not even sure uh, 
you know, how to say this. He goes, not going into details online. He goes, you'll slap me about, will you, dozer? Is that is that one of those uh, British terms? A do- What's a doja? A doza? Man, I don't know. Maybe Tim could tell I, me. I don't. I don't. I don't know. You know what? I, I think it's in the, actually in the dictionary. Dozer. I think he's been trying to uh, to make that an actual an actual word. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I really do. He says. Um, but I don't know. I don't know what that what that is. I, I guess that's Joshua. <laughs> yeah, you're right. So he goes. Uh, he goes. Come and try me, you bum. He goes. I'm waiting. Uh, something Femi, aka Bottle Job, twenty four seven, three sixty five, ready. I'll smoke Wilder first, then you will get your as well. Uh, there yeah. you go, Tyson Fury, our man, and he's always there entertaining. We love Tyson Fury. Now I just looked yeah. up Dozier here quick on Google. It's D O S S E R, the way uh, Tyson okay, spelled so it. Then I gotta yeah, it differently. Yeah, so. okay. I don't know. I don't know. But wow, what a, what a mess uh, that is. All right, Tim. A Saturday night, uh, Virgin Hotel. Fight of the year, Tim Bradley is calling it Jose Ramirez, Josh Taylor. I want you to make that prediction for me right now. Break it down. How's this fight going to go? Ooh, man, listen, listen. People can call me crazy all they want. I I get it. Um, Josh Taylor has, uh, he's a southpaw, 5'10". He has uh, a lot of skill. Uh, This guy, he can move. He has good legs. He has good speed. Um, he has decent power. Um, he can fight pretty well in the inside. A lot of times I lean towards, you know, the guy that can box, the guy that has more skill. This time I'm leaning towards the guy that has more will that I believe. And I'm going to go with Jose Ramirez. Uh, I just think that Jose Ramirez has learned from his past. I like the fact that he didn't look as well in his last two fights. So that means that he's probably more focused now for this fight. And he's going to come in with a different mindset and be determined to show his greatness this time around. I think the pressure will eventually get to, uh, get to Josh Taylor. Josh Taylor likes to fight, and that's the thing. And what what Ramirez has to do is he has to make him fight and make him fight early. He has to get get Taylor to stand there and trade with him early. So in the back half of the fight, when 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 you know when these guys have to boil down to their conditioning, I got to go with Ramirez because this guy has extreme conditioning and the will to win. And I think he's going to have more fans in there that's going to drive him and propel him to do something great on Saturday night. I'm going. With the underdog, Jose Ramirez, um, I think it possibly goes a distance or a late stoppage. Oh, That's Tim, what I'm going with. I, I am with you, my man. I'm with Tim Bradley there. I like Jose Ramirez, too. The pride of Fresno. Look at the Central Valley. Tim knowing something about the Central Valley there. I love that. There you go. Yeah. Yes, sir. Jose Ramirez. Uh, I like it. Okay, we have our breaking news. Here we go. Uh, we've gone to the Urban Dictionary. And dozer, or however you say it, dosser, which is defined as useless, waster, lazy person. There you go. That's what he. That's that's what Tyson Fury's saying. So we were pretty close. <laughs> All right, my man. Hey, yeah, uh, big old dosser. Dosser. There, it's dosser. dosser. That's it. Yeah, you dosser. Yeah. You bloody dosser. Yeah. You bloody dumb. <laughs> All right, my man. Uh, enjoy your time in Vegas. Uh, look forward to seeing you again and talking with you real soon, brother. Appreciate it. Tell Monica said hello as well, too. Always. Thank you so much. Appreciate you. Take Bye-bye. care. There he is. Tim Bradley, the former champ, does a fantastic job on the ESPN top-ranked broadcast, and you can hear him and see him Saturday night for Jose Ramirez against Josh Taylor. For a lot of people, it'll probably be the first time that they see the new uh, Virgin Hotel Casino. Yeah. I haven't been in yet. 
you know, well, none of us have, have. It's, uh, you know, basically been open for just a, a few months. Spent a lot of time at the old Hard Rock. Yes. Saw a lot of concerts, a lot like of different events there. And I even worked there for a little while. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we did the NHL Awards show there a couple times, too. Yeah, at the at the Hard Rock, at fun. the joint, and yes. the other areas. And, and the Circle Bar was—I mean, everybody was—you you never knew who you were going to yeah. run into there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great, great spot. Uh, yeah, they has now changed hands, changed ownerships, and uh, there it is. So it's uh, it's the Virgin now, and it'll be the home of not only Saturday Night's Fight, but Top Rank has signed a, a summer deal with them to do four major fight cards during the course of the summer from May until August. So, uh, and we've seen Top Rank do this. They they've done deals at the Cosmopolitan before, other locations, like you said, uh, the venues that uh, hold between you know two and three thousand, four thousand fans, and those are really cool venues. Uh, we've seen fights in the old joint before, and of course at the Chelsea, the Cosmopolitan, a fantastic venue where we've seen quite a few Top Rank fights, including uh, Lomachenko and company. So, so it's a summer of uh, summer of fights at the Virgin. Yeah, there you go. I don't know where you're going with that, but yeah, there you go. That's uh, just wondering if Tim Tebow might show up. Yeah. <laughs> How about AC Green? <laughs> All right, Nick Bogdanovich joins us next. Hey, this is Steve Heitner, and lucky you, you're listening to the TC Martin Show. Uh, that's gold, baby, gold. Don't forget. The promo code always still in effect at William Hill Sportsbook. Use the promo code TC50 for $53 in your account. Uh, When you open a brand new account, uh, they will match it there for you. And again, use the William Hill mobile app. Download it if you don't already have it. And use it for your heart's desire. The NBA play-in tournament is happening. We're underway with that started last night. You can get involved uh, in that tonight. We've got uh, Golden Knights playoffs, all the Stanley Cup playoffs, Major League Baseball, and a whole lot more. We've got boxing this weekend. Of course, UFC just about every weekend as well, too. Get the William Hill mobile app. So easy to use, so easy to navigate. The in-game wagering options as well, williamhill.us. All right, our good friend, the uh, sportsbook director of William Hill, Nick Bogdanovich joins us. Nick, what's going on, my man? Everything's good, buddy. Busy day. Busy day in sports. No kidding. All right, let's start talking about this play-in tournament. Nick, are you uh, somewhat surprised a little bit? The, um, I guess the, all the hype that this thing is getting, this, uh, this event that the NBA has uh, gone through here to kind of uh, extend the regular season to a certain degree, give other uh, people an opportunity, but more importantly, give more people a chance to bet, right? Well, that's for sure. Uh, as far as the format being a winner or loser, you know, I got really no opinion. Uh, if they get rid of it, I, I could care less. If they keep it, I don't care. I don't have a big opinion on it. But I do know one thing. These games, the two yesterday and the two today, are sure right in some business. That's for sure. Talk a little bit about that business. You got the Warriors and the Lakers. Seems very strange that you're talking about almost like an, a, a one team or one game elimination situation, even though it's really not the case. Uh, it's like a double elimination because the loser will get a chance to to come back and and still get in the the big tournament here. Uh, the Warriors, a four and a half or a five point underdog to the Lakers. You've got Steph Curry, you got LeBron James, you've got this huge. Huge matchup with two of the greatest players in the world, um, you know, in this game. So how much business has this written? Yeah, a ton. Uh, 
we opened five, went to four and a half. Now they've laid four and a half and five. We're back up to five and a half. So the majority of the money's on the Lakers, but uh, we got three, four hours till game time. It's going to be a monster handle on this game. I assume the joint will need the Golden State Warriors. So, uh, but yeah, big, 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 big handle on this game. When you look at this playing tournament and you look at the big picture of it, how much is the casino actually rooting for Golden State and the Lakers both to advance into the playoffs? Because I'm sure that with the name of those teams, you probably want them going into the playoffs for those first-round matchups instead of having Steph Curry and LeBron James not in the playoffs. I would agree with that. Uh, obviously, we want the loser of this game to win the game tomorrow. So. It would be nice, I mean, especially the way, I mean, obviously this is a Laker town, and Lakers are defending champs. We want the Lakers in the playoffs, make no mistake about that. Uh, but it would be nice to have Steph Curry, and he finished in crazy form, averaging like 40 down the stretch. And Warriors, you know, still got a lot of public draw since they won all those titles a few years back. But, yeah, but, you know, it's, if Job Morant and the Grizzlies got in, that'd be fine too. But, yeah, if we had our brothers, we'd have uh, LeBron and Steph in the playoffs. When you look at the other game that's going to precede this tonight, Memphis and San Antonio, it's a 9-10 seed. Uh, really not a whole bunch of star power in, in two middling teams that are not going to advance if they do get in here, Nick. Uh, talk about the the disparity between the handle of the uh, Lakers-Warriors game compared to this one with Memphis and San Antonio. I, it's probably about half, but there's still we got a bigger decision on Memphis San Antonio than we do on Golden State or Lakers. Right now we can't write a bet on the Spurs. It's all in Memphis. We opened three and a half. It's up to four, and we're probably close to going to four and a half. So just a ton of money on the Grizz tonight. For whatever reason, the, the betters out there think John ja Morant is going to knock Pop right out. And you had the same situation really last night as well, too. You had kind of a marquee game with Boston and Washington. Uh, Celtics you basically went wire to wire in that one, winning 118 to 100. But then again, you also had that Pacer game that was really a blowout and really, again, not much star power there. Were people interested in betting those games last night? Actually, there were. And the, Indi- the Indianapolis game was a really good size handle. Even with all the question marks, Levert ended up not playing. He had COVID, but I think Brogdon and Saponis did. So, wild game. They only scored 150 points, nothing serious. But, uh, yeah, wild wild game. And Boston-Washington was a good two-way game. Bounced back between two and two and a half all day long. So, uh, we'll see what happens. Indiana gets Washington now. Winner... Uh, Winner gets in, loser goes home. Sort of like a wrestling match. <laughs> there you go. Loser leave town match, right? Yeah. Nick Bogdanovich joins us uh, from William Hill talking NBA play-in tournament. Props are always a, a, a special thing here, Nick. Uh, what kind of props are you guys offering, especially on this Laker-Warrior game? Yeah, well, plenty of props. I mean, LeBron and AD and Curry, all those points. First to 15, number of threes. Things of that nature, typical playoff type props, and we've been offering them all year, uh, and, and people bet them. And when there's high scoring and, 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 P, and lots of overs, we get crushed. And if they go under, uh, we do pretty good. So Steph Curry, I believe, is that number like 36 for him tonight? His under over. I know that people would probably it like is. to dive in that. It's 36, but he's averaged, I believe, the number is 23. Uh, against the Lakers, and they had a couple blowout losses. The Warriors did. The Warriors did beat the Lakers earlier on, but these two teams haven't played in in over a month and a half against each other. Do you, if you had to pick a side here with Steph Curry uh, under over thirty six, which way are you leaning? 
Uh, I would lean to the over. Yeah. Uh, it's playoff time. He's going to probably shoot it a little more than he normally does, unless L.A. does a gimmick defense to limit him. Uh, but that'll leave some other areas open. But yeah, I think Steve, I think you'll see a high volume out of Steph tonight. Yeah, twenty-two times Steph Curry has hit ten or more three pointers. Uh, and again, you know the Lakers are going to try to double team him. They're going to try to triple team him. But again, I, I think you know when you put Steph Curry as an underdog. I'm not saying the Warriors are going to win the game or, or even cover the game, but I, I, I love to have my money on Steph Curry, especially in games like this when they're basically counting him out and his team out and knowing what this guy is capable of, especially this year when the guy has just been phenomenal and really is the MVP. Yeah, he's definitely in the conversation. Uh, I mean, the million-dollar question is is how close to 100% is LeBron, how close to 100% is to Anthony Davis, and how is the chemistry between the two and the other three guys on the court since they haven't played very much all year long. So, you know, it's not like the Lakers can just hit a button and all of a sudden it's fine. I mean, uh, and, you know, Golden State's, you know, spunky and gritty and, they aren't going to roll over, so it'll be an interesting game. I think it'll be entertaining for sure. I, I think it goes to the deep into the fourth quarter, real close. Nick, are you seeing much Warrior action here? Or is this all Laker action? Uh, we're definitely high on the Lakers, uh, but there's still, you know, I just took a ten nine bet on the Warriors plus five and a half. So there's money out there for the Warriors. Uh, the interesting part will be uh, once this four o'clock game goes underway, how much action between the four and seven we get on this, and I think it'll be a ton. So. And plus, there'll be a lot of live parlays to both sides later on. I know that in the NBA, when it comes to playoff time, historically, um, the chalk are the really lower odds in the NBA. Is that holding true to form this year with teams like Utah and Phoenix there? Or is it a little bit more more wide open and uh, there is no real number one clear-cut favorite to win the championship this year? Yeah, no number one clear-cut. I mean, I think the lowest price we have is the Nets at 2-1 to and... We're about dead break even with them. We lose pretty big with the Lakers, so we definitely know we're not rooting. We're rooting for the Lakers to get in the playoffs, not to win it. A uh, little liability with Phoenix since they had such a miracle season. Uh, but for the most part, uh, some really good teams we got going for us. Clippers are really good. Bucks are really good. Heat's really good. Mavs, Blazers, Sixers. Uh, are all really good. Jazz is a small winner. Uh, I'd love to see the Jazz in there, some new blood. You know, Quinn Snyder has done a great job up there, and love watching Donovan, Donovan Mitchell and Conley play. Great backcourt. So I think they even got a, a guy with the name of Bogdanovich on that team, so how can I not root for him? <laughs> and uh, we know there's a distant relation there, too, right? Is that, uh, was that his second cousin and nephew? I mean, we know that you had some game, Nick, especially from three-point range. Is that the case there? I wish I had his game uh, and his height. He's a bigger boy. But, yeah, no, he's had a great year. Uh, you know, he's picked up some slack. He had 48 the one time uh, Conley and Mitchell were out. So he can bring it. And, yeah, no, I'm, I'm excited for the NBA playoffs. I really don't pay too much attention to the regular season. I really don't. Uh, stars take time off, load management injuries. I just, you know, get through the three or, you know, the four-month season. But I, I really do love the NBA playoffs uh you know, there's a little less traveling, a little more defense played. Uh, guys get a little chippy, and, uh, and it's real. It's, it's go time. So uh, it's here, and, and I'm excited for it. All right. Uh, Nicholas, talk a little about the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, they were basically a 
165 favorite in both games at T-Mobile in games one and two of their playoff series. I saw the line even went up, I believe, up to 170 uh, You know, last night. Uh, a lot of Golden Knights money uh, come in in games one and two? Oh, yeah. Uh, we win the first one, lose the second. Uh, if it would have came one, it would have been too bad, but they got the late goal to cover the minus one and a half line. But very good action on that. The, the Golden Knights got all they want with this Minnesota team, so now they head back east 1-1. Uh, you know, they're still a solid favorite to win the series, but, boy, they're going to, you know, Minnie's got their number. We just don't get a lot of scoring opportunities against that team. They really know how to match up with us. But luckily for us, Flurry's playing at a high level right now. Well, it certainly seems like uh, real hockey fans uh, want to see Colorado and Vegas playing for the West, and it seems like it's going to play out that way potentially. Certainly uh, Vegas getting that win, although they've had trouble up in Minnesota. But how has the future betting been on the NHL for the Stanley Cup in a year where teams haven't played each other outside of the divisions they're in right now? Because you don't know how Washington will do against Vegas or the Canadian teams against anybody. Or it, it's, it's definitely a strange situation come playoff time. The first two rounds, there's going to be familiarity, and after that, we know that teams are going to be facing each other for the first time all year. Yeah, I'm definitely ready for some new matchups, too. I mean, these teams have played each other over and over and over, and uh, they know each other so well. So as far as the futures go, we're, we're a small loser with the Golden Knights, so definitely be a good year for them to win it. Uh, you know, they were priced so low, the, the liability didn't add up like it did in year one. Uh, but, you know, the Avalanche were a solid winner with. Lightning were a solid winner with. Uh you know, we're, other than the Blues, Blues Wild and Knights, we're in pretty good shape with the Stanley Cup futures. But it's, uh, I think we got twice as much money in the NBA future pool as we do the NHL, uh, and that's usually typical. You know, Nick, the uh, Golden Knights are a road favorite again in, in Game 3, or right around $1.20 if, uh, in this game, and we know that the Golden Knights and the Minnesota Wild are really pretty evenly matched, but then we know if the Golden Knights have a problem with any team, it really is the Wild. I mean, uh, losing six out of ten games against them up until this point uh, right here. Are you a little bit surprised that the Golden Knights are the favorite, or is that just because you know you're going to get so much Vegas money supporting the quote-unquote home team You know, in this situation that you have to make them a favorite? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, we got Golden Knights $1.20, and faraway places have a dead pick them. So, uh, yeah, it's, that's that's standard operating procedure. But it wouldn't shock me at all if Minnesota closed the favorite in this game. Yeah, I think it's also hard right now, uh, if you've been watching these games, for anybody to kind of bet against Marc-Andre Fleury right now because he's been absolutely sensational. Yeah, he's found the fountain of youth for sure. Playing like a 22-year-old, and uh, he was locked in and lasered. He knew the importance of that game last night and made a bunch of big saves. So uh, hats off, hats off to him. Uh, I have a feeling uh, we'll be seeing him in the entire series. All right, Nick Bogdanovich over at uh, William Hill. All right, how's baseball been uh, uh, to the books and everything here? Uh, you know, started off real good. The favorites have had uh, their way of it lately. So, yeah, it, it's, that's a typical season. You'll see uh, up and down swings like that. And you know, people love to bet the streaks. When a good team gets hot, they just pound them on the minus one and a half and two and a half. So, yeah, like I said, we got up to a fast start, but uh, the betters are rallying right now. I know we've seen some uh, some pretty high favorites. I know the, the Dodgers this past week, we saw uh, a couple lines, uh, you know, 
close to, to three dollars uh, a little bit crazy you know this early on with baseball but again again you have those public teams and you got some dominant pitching you're you're going to see those lines and especially when the Dodgers are facing teams like you know Arizona and teams like that yeah and you, you really see it later in the year uh, when the teams that are really bad and have quit are just looking at young players and the other teams are you know, going for home field and pushing the, for the playoffs. So in, in uh, late in August and September, you always see three and four dollar games, but you just hope not to see them in uh, April or May. With so many no hitters already this year, with five no hitters, and then we had the one seven any no hitters. Well, but has there been any kind of thing where people are looking at games and betting on or against that pitcher the next time they go out, thinking like, well, he's on a roll right now, or maybe thinking because they don't throw that many pitches in this day and age that uh, the next time is maybe a time to get them when people are thinking that you know they're coming off a great performance. Yeah, I have not seen any trend one way or the other. I know a lot of people back in the day, if a guy threw a no-hitter, was an automatic, they bet against him the next time. So I'm sort of on the flip side. I think when a guy throws a no-hitter, he's in pretty good form, so I'd rather back him. But I do know uh, back in the day it, it was it was quite common that people would bet against him the next game. You know, five no-hitters so far in this young part of the season, Nick. Was there a prop up earlier on, and do you have one up on total number of no-hitters for this season? Uh, we do. I can't remember what it was. It was usually it's usually around three and a half or four and a half, but yeah. we put up a no-hitter prop every day, and we used to give away 30 to 1. Uh, will there be a no-hitter thrown that day? And we're down to like 15 to 1 because <laughs> uh, they just keep taking it. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it, listen, it's a swing and miss era, and, a lot of teams are setting a lot of records with strikeouts, and thus the uh, no-hitters. And imagine if it was a uh, pitcher-by-pitcher prop that they had up there. What's, what's, what would the odds be on a guy that's 9-25 and 25 throwing a no-hitter right. that day? <laughs> right. Yeah, no, that's, that's 5,000 to 1 for sure. Uh, yeah, it's up there. Big Did, time. I want to know if anybody cashed a ticket there yesterday uh, or today on yesterday's game that, okay, there was going to be a no-hitter yesterday. Well, I'm sure they did. I mean, they only take the yes. No one's laying the no. It's too big a price. Usually it's uh, minus 40, so you got to bet four, 40 to win one, or you can bet uh, you know, 100 to win uh, you know, 1,500. So they're, 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 all the money adds up on the plus, whether it's $10, $20, $30, or you know, someone usually throws in 100 or two on it. See, for me, you're going to have to be committed to that. I mean, like, when do you say, hey, today's the day I'm going to bet there's going to be a no-hitter? It's almost like you got to play it every day and just – but then you'd lose money because if it's only, you know, 50 to 1 or 15 to 1 or was even 30 to 1, you'd lose money if you bet it every day. Well, yeah, it's like going to the roulette wheel and playing double zero till it hits or R- something. Right, right, right. <laughs> That's crazy. That's a great analogy. Oh, wow. All right. You've got to love uh, the sports bettors. got to love the gamblers, no doubt. All right, Nick, appreciate the time as always, my friend. We'll let you get back to it, and uh, we'll talk to you very, very soon. You got it, guys. Have a good week. You go. All right, there is Nick Bogdanovich over at William Hill. Can you imagine that? Yeah. Oh, today's the day? Yep. Well, see, I didn't bet it yesterday. Darn, I don't want to get shut out there and miss my opportunity. I'm going to bet it today. You know, it kind of reminds me of an old commercial when I lived in Illinois about the lottery where this guy gets a phone call, and he's like, hey, how you doing? They're lucky, and... Because the guy's lottery tickets and his numbers came in, and he's like, oh, I didn't bet yesterday. And, you know, so it's like, like you said, if you're going to do it, you've got to commit to right. it. But but you, you're there's so many days in a row you're not cashing in that. It's like, I don't know about you, but I don't have that kind of bankroll. <laughs> Man. 
All right. Uh, what is going to happen in this Laker Warrior game tonight? It is the marquee of the play-in tournament. The line opened at four. Lakers favored by four. A game in the Staples Centers. Now it's up to five and a half. Seems like they're begging people to take the Warriors and Steph Curry. And like I said, it just there's something there that says, okay, I get it. When the Lakers are healthy, you've got Anthony Davis, LeBron James. They're deeper than the Warriors. I get that. But the Lakers haven't been healthy all season long. I don't believe they can turn it on and turn it off like that. And Steph Curry as an underdog could be dangerous, very lethal. Kind of interested in some of those, those point propositions. You know, 36 is pretty high, but we've seen him do it time and time again. Uh, very tempted to take a shot with the Warriors. But when you look at that roster, you got Steph Curry, you got Draymond Green. And then after that, it gets, it gets pretty thin when you're looking at the matchups here. But uh, maybe an emotional bet uh, with the Warriors. But uh, Steph Curry, as an underdog, something says you're going to get a max effort out of this guy, and it's hard to go against him. Well, yeah, I, I think you are going to get a max effort out of him. The question is, basketball is a team sport. One man's not going to do it. He's going to need some help from somebody else out there, especially if the Lakers are healthy. Obviously, both teams want to win this game because not only do you assure yourself that you're going to the playoffs, you're also the seventh seed instead of the eight, and you get another day's rest. Right. Right. All right. We'll look forward to uh, that game tonight at uh, 7 o'clock, Warriors and the Lakers. And uh, I'll also, of course, be watching the uh, the Blues and the Avalanche because I don't know how much of that first game you saw with them. Of course, Gabriel Landeskog had the Gordie Howe hat trick, which if you're new to hockey, that's where you score a goal, get an assist, and get in a fight in the same game. But that game was very physical. These two teams really don't like each other that much, and you can tell it's the playoffs because there was pretty much a little bit of a, 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 a tussle after every single stoppage of play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, it's funny. We have now completely got to the postseason in the NHL, right? Because we did have a regular season game still two days ago, I believe it was, right? I think there's still yeah. one more tonight, <laughs> even though the Canadian division is still playing their first playoff game That's tonight insane. as well. Yeah. Well, it, 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 when COVID hit Vancouver, it screwed up everything in that wow. division. Yeah. NHL says, no, nah, we're not going to wait for you guys to finish out these meaningless games. So, yeah, we've got a playoff schedule they still and don't know a what they're regular do. season game going the same time the playoffs are going. Very strange. And who's watching those regular season games? Got to be nobody. I don't even know if the fans of those teams are watching That's, those games. Yeah. But I really With no don't... fans in the building anyway. Well, yeah, and, and I really don't know what they're going to do after the first two. They're crossing their fingers and on their knees praying to whatever they believe in that mm. they're going to be able to go on after the first two rounds and that the Canadian teams are going to be able to play whatever team from the U.S. they're going to have to face in that right. third round of the playoffs. All right, uh, tomorrow we will talk more about uh, the Golden Knights and Minnesota. Again, they'll face it off at 6.30 p.m. tomorrow night in St. Paul. We'll uh, preview that game uh, for you tomorrow. Look forward to that. Scott Spritzer will join us. We'll get our handicapping in, not only with the NHL Stanley Cup playoffs, but the NBA as well, too. And uh, also Rob Van Dam will join us tomorrow. Again, uh, we'll get our CBD on, and uh, we'll talk to the WWE Hall of Famer and uh, about the icons series that uh, he was a star of uh, you know they did his story on Sunday so. yeah he's starting to uh, get a lot more TV time as well with yeah. the icon thing I saw him on Vice News he's got some other stuff in the works that he's working on uh, so yeah and uh, you know Looks like he's really taking working out and that kind of stuff seriously again, too, because, uh, you know, he's doing a lot of different uh, things there that uh, he wants to look good for the cameras. And uh, 
think so far it's paying off. All right, look forward to having him in tomorrow. Friday will be at Sunset Station. Uh, Dr. Christina Madison is going to join us on Friday as well, too. We'll get her take about masks and everything else and no mask and, and tie that into sports as well as locally here in Las Vegas. So interesting stuff there. All right, want to thank uh, everyone for joining us today. Of course, Tim Bradley, Chris Bazio, Nick Bogdanovich. Scribbles, our intern. I don't know. I think he, did he make the cut to, you know, to be an intern here? I don't know. I think he thinks I might be a little bit insane, but I'm cool with it. <laughs> I think he's used to insanity. All right. For Ballpark, TC saying so long. You miss any part of the show, go to the website, tcmartinshow.com, available on all the podcast platforms as well. We'll see you tomorrow at 2.